This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything, from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well-being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Hi, loves. Welcome back to Everything with Allie Levine. I'm your host, Allie, and I'm so, so excited for this amazing guest today. You guys, you're going to die. I am so excited. I have the fabulous Margaret Josephs. Margaret, welcome to Everything with Allie Levine. Oh, Allie, I'm so excited to be here on Everything with Allie Levine. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you. You are everything and more. You're so fabulous. I've been like following you for quite some time. I'm like, just, I I love everything you do, everything you share. I feel like everyone should know who you are, but like, just in case I have someone listening, who's like, who is this? Can you, (laughs) can you tell us a little bit more about you and like how you came into everything that, you know, that you do now and your brand of you? Oh, you are, you are so great. You're so adorable. Well, I've been around a long time, 53 years. And I always say I'm not from the lucky sperm club. And (laughs) I had a business a long time before I got on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. So I start, um, I've had a business Macbeth collection by Margaret Josephs. We sell to all major retailers. And then I got on Housewives of New Jersey. I'm just on my fourth season and I'm all about helping women build businesses. Um, inspiring women to be strong and basically, you know, raised by a single mother, I say raised by wolves, married twice and, you know, just, just trying to live the life, you know, and like, I just wrote a book, Caviar Dreams on a Tuna Fish Budget, which basically talks about myself growing up, the lessons I've learned, pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, where you start in life doesn't exactly mean where you're going, that you can reinvent yourself at any given moment, because I've done that about 27 times in my lifetime. And that's, that's who I am. Just a regular girl's girl. (laughs) amazing amazing I mean I love it you're so you're so humble but I mean like seriously you built so much around you even before you know you were on housewives and everything you continue now to do with your brand and I want to start with you know you you. talked about the fact that you love to lift other women up you know you are so empowering even on your social you know like the way you are and how you share how is that being on you know the housewives and being someone who is so positive and is so empowering to women I will say housewives gets a very negative connotation. I feel it's a study in sociology. It's about the way women interact. And I said, when I went on Jersey, I was like, there's no possible way this isn't staged. Well, it's not, it's completely authentic. And I think we all come from different backgrounds, but the one thing we share is that we're all women. We all love our families and we relate in different ways. And I feel like I've had a pretty full life. I come from a different perspective and I'd like to share that with the women. Listen, I love them all, I, but just like any of your family members, they piss you off, I'm going to say it. I'm not a grudge holder. And I hope that all my years in therapy, I could have them something to offer the other ladies, how to move on, how to be able to have an argument and, and bring it forward. Everybody has a difference of opinion. And just sometimes, unfortunately, I've had some friends on the show where it got to a level that's not that attractive. But, but right now with all the ladies on the show, 
you know, you can have a fight and make up. And I think that's life. I mean, everybody doesn't get along all the time. Oh, for sure. I mean, in, in any relationship, right? <laughs> exactly. Any relationship, be it your husband, be it your best friends, your parents, even your kids. Yeah, so true. Well, and I love that you shared that, that, you know, because you are so open and I love that about you is like on and off screen, you are truly authentically who you are, who you see on the show, whether, you know, they edit or not. I think, you know, you do a really good job of being who you are and like no shade to any of your other cast members, but no. you know, I mean, I think that, you know, obviously being someone who has been a part of, you know, the Bravo world and everything like, yes, you know, there is a realness as you described. And then there is like, of course, between the editing and then certain people maybe like to do something, you know, a little bit more just to show off a little bit more, even if they are still, you know, um, doing things right off the cuff. I just think for you, like when I watch you and then also see you on your social and everything you do, like you're very much to like who, you are in your brand like it's it, there is no change when it goes from tv to like who you are in real life no I thank you I appreciate you saying that I do feel that's very true I feel like I'm the same girl woman I was you know since kindergarten and I haven't changed I have very much the same friends they always say I was exactly like this I was totally I always say my success is 50 percent determination 50 percent delusion I feel <laughs> the same person I always said I was a gay man in a woman's body. Um, and it was funny. I was going through my 41st birthday party, which was 12 years ago to my friends. And it's something, all the things I said then is, is things I still repeat today. I could have written that speech today. I said the same things. I, I, what I appreciate my friends was the exact same thing, that I'm a gay man in a woman's body, that I appreciate perky boobs, be it real or fake. <laughs> uh, I feel wealthy because I have the most, um, you know, I have the most amazing friends and all the love in the world that I've been up and down that, you know, just everything I've said is stands true today. So it was, it, it felt great to even find that speech actually. Yeah, that's all. That's so cool. Well, and I mean, you know, because of who you like, you really are who you are. What would you say to others who are listening, who, you know, maybe have a hard time being who they are, especially because I feel like, you know, they follow you, you know, they're inspired by you because you are on, you know, this major show, like, you know, what would you share, especially with, you know, women and, you know, young women who are like, you know, I want to be, you know, someone, you know, like her, you know, but I can't even figure out how to find myself what would you share? Because you are so empowering to women, uh, I believe, you know, in the way you share. Thank you. I think um, women in general have a lot of shame and embarrassment. And I think, like I had said, you, <coughs> excuse me, where you start in life doesn't, doesn't determine where you're going. Every day is a new beginning. Whatever, and I know it sounds so crazy and cliche, whatever you want to be, you really can be. And Things have happened in my life. What everybody sees on social media and Instagram, no matter how great you think someone else's life is, believe me, it's not. Everybody has the same problems in their love life, in their personal life, with their parents, um, illness. Every Everybody has the same struggles. Maybe their finances aren't the same, but at one point they could have been. Like I said, everyone's not from the lucky sperm club. Uh, so it's really about hard, hard work. And, and being determined and not taking no for an answer. And you find yourself along the way. Some people don't find themselves till they're in their forties. And I think you, you change as you grow and you're refining yourself always. And I think that's um, the way I feel. And that's what I always say to a lot of young women, don't worry about it. Just, just take one day at a time. 
live for today because that's, you have to enjoy the moment and enjoy the journey because that's the fun part. Yes. So true. And I love that you said you can constantly recreate yourself because it's true. It's like, I mean, you know, I'm 35 and I feel like I don't even recognize the, you know, woman I was five, 10 years ago and, and motherhood and everything. It's like so much has changed. Yeah. Like you have your beautiful children, you're married. I mean, if you would have said 10 years from now, where do you see yourself in 10 years? You don't know, right? right? You would have never said like, I'm going to be this happy, amazing mom at home. No one could have predicted this pandemic. I mean, you, you don't know. Right. So true. You don't, you don't know at all. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, you know, that being said, you know, with the pandemic and obviously, you know, us all kind of still navigating this and the way things are and, you know, being in the beginning of 21, you know, it's, I'm curious for you, Margaret, like, cause I think you've done a really great job and I appreciate you saying that, you know, with social media, like obviously it is a highlight reel. And even if things, you know, look great, there are still things going on, but I think you've done a great job of from what it seems of like how you've been able to maintain your sanity and keep your happiness overall during this time. Like, what would you share that you maybe have done and have learned during this pandemic? I realized don't sweat the small stuff. I used to hyper-focus on, you know, sometimes nonsense, Every everything's relative. I've actually enjoyed the pandemic because my, my son came home. I got to spend quality family time. And I think during the pandemic, and I feel horrible for the people that were alone, which is terrible, but I realized really what's important in life. Um, I didn't need to be shopping and it's not about getting a new bag and worrying about what we were looking like on the red carpet. Those are, those are great times. But th- at the end of the day, that's, that's my job to be doing that. And that's fine. But, to, but to value the time that I'm at home and, and spending time with the people that I love and, and eating family dinners and who cares if I have an extra dimple on my ass, that, that doesn't, that's not going to make someone love me any less. It's not about always looking good. It's about feeling good. Oh, I love that. And I love that and you being said- with the, And being with the people you love. Yes. And I love that you said, you know, that for you, that it's been kind of like a special time, even though of course it's been hard for all of us, because I feel the same. It's like, you know, I gave birth to my second daughter. I've had my husband home. I've been able to Which like- is- I mean, it's beautiful. It's like I've been able to spend time, you know, just creating and and manifesting, you know, this life together that like I would have never thought was possible. You know, before with my first daughter, it was like I had heavy postpartum depression. My husband was gone all the time. It was totally different world. And it's and that was obviously when the world was, you know, open and everything was normal and, and everything. And now I'm like, wow, as crazy as it can be. And I miss family and I miss friends. Like it's been so beautiful, like you said, to focus on those things. Yes. And that, and I think that's so amazing. You sure you're that you had postpartum because that's so many things that women go through. And I think that's so great that you could even say that because it just normalizes it because people have some guilt feeling about that. And I think everybody's speaking about this, the way they felt during the pandemic and what you've gone through, obviously, which was before the pandemic, you know, people just have to be real and honest of what's going on. And I think like we said, social media is the highlight reel. I like to say what's really happening, you know, and just like be honest about your plastic or be honest about the way you feel and, and the world would be a better place. Everybody always wants everything like perfect. Oh, look at this. Look at that. Da, 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 the filters. I mean, it's just such bullshit. 
It's total bullshit. I love you. Not that I've never filtered a photo because sometimes when I don't have makeup on, I look like absolute crap. Of course you're going to filter a photo. <laughs> oh, but totally. You that's, it's I mean, yeah, that's me today. I'm like, I have no makeup on. I'm like, I couldn't get it together today. It was just like, well, it you is look adorable. You look <laughs> oh, adorable. I love you. Well, thank you. Well, but it's like, you know, but I love that you're so real about that. And I think when you're real about that, like for who you are, you then let others embrace their realness and inspire them and you know in the way they share and hopefully the way they choose to open up and share emotion and you know I'm just curious like for you Margaret do you feel like you've always had that like has it always come natural for you to be able to do that yes I think growing up with my mother Marge senior who's only 20 years older than I am <laughs> maybe I'm an <laughs> oversharer because she was an oversharer which is not the best to do with your kids which I write about in my book actually but she did always make me feel very comfortable with my feelings and nothing was taboo to discuss and nothing was shameful, which was a great, great gift to have. So I never felt embarrassed or shamed by anything I told her or said. And I feel people do feel very comfortable telling me stories, I think because I make them feel comfortable because I'm not judging them. Yeah. And I think that's that's super important. And I, and I did that with my kids. And that's why I have such close uh, female relationships. I have a, a staff of wonderful young women who I work with. Uh, Lexi's been with me 12 years already. And we're, and we're so bonded. And I think that's important. I mean, people are super judgmental, but everybody has a secret. Everybody has things that they, they could be embarrassed of or whatever, but nothing, you know, unless you're like murdering people and sticking them in the backyard. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's really nothing that's shameful or that we haven't heard or haven't done before. Everybody's human. So true. And I, I, again, like, I just love that you're so real about that. And I, I really totally can relate when you say overshare, cause so am I. And, you know, it's interesting, like when it came to my postpartum depression and everything else, you know, I kind of like, I felt so broken, but then I also felt so broken into when it came to like sharing and, and shedding those layers and kind of having to like, let go of what you're saying of that shame and just that judgment of myself and let go of all that. And in order to do that, you know, it was starting to write it in blogs and share it on my social and not even meaning for it to actually become part of my job or anything, just really to vent and to express because I needed to get it out. And I've always been an overshare in other areas of my life, but never, you know, this much. And it's just very interesting when I get to connect with other amazing women who are like that as well, because I, you know, I do find a lot of in the family and friends and people that are closest to me, a lot of that shaming and judging. And it's hard. No, it is hard. And I think what you did was help so many women because so many women are going through it. So it's important to share those, those stories and, and the way you felt. I mean, that's so many women suffer from postpartum depression. You've helped so many by sharing your story and, and people don't feel alone. And listen, like me going on housewives, I mean, every girl I'm on the show with happens to have perfect legs, not a dimple, not this. And I'm so happy that I went on that show. I mean, granted, I would have got a facelift on or off that show. I had my eyes <laughs> before I went on the show, you know, years before I went on the show, uh, seven years, <laughs> excuse me, before I went on the show. I was always a vain bitch. I mean, that's a given. My mother was like last dollar on a lipstick. She's always teetering in high heels. Um, you know, she's a little shallow. I live for her, but everything was about the way we looked. And that was, you know, I think it's part of being Hungarian. So she, uh, but I was happy that they put me on because I did look different. I wasn't, you know, just 
home and, and worrying about the way I looked and being in perfect shape. And, and they're showing all different types of women and diversity across the franchise. So I'm happy, you know, things are starting to change. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. It's like, it, it's time for it too. It's time for people to really see the realness. I do believe too, even on social, I feel that there is a shift happening where you're seeing a little less of the constant filter and perfection to a little bit more realness. And it is so like, I, I love it. I'm like, I'm here for it. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think it's absolutely perfect. You know what I think is so funny though? And there's so many people on social media. Before I got a facelift, of like, you're old, you look like shit, you your jowls. I get a facelift, they're like, oh, you're too tight. You're this. You can't make everybody happy. No, and you can't. That's what people have to realize. You cannot make everybody happy. The most important person to make happy is yourself. And when you're happy, everything falls right into place. So true. I've been doing, like, I, you know, again, with the postpartum depression and everything, becoming a mom, like, I, I did so much soul searching to be happy again. And now, as much as I still feel, like, judged and shamed, I have such an inner peace to myself and I'm happy as me that like everything else kind of like you just said, it falls into place and it just kind of works out even if there is continuous judgment and shaming. Exactly. I know if you're happy within yourself, you have much thicker skin if you're yeah. secure within your being. And I think that's what it is working on yourself, which is great. Right. Well, and so, well, two questions to that, you know, how do you do that for yourself? And also, you know, you are such an amazing mom and you said you have like close relationships. How do you, did you as a mother, you know, instill that and share that, you know, with your children? Because obviously I'm a new mom and I'm being very intentional about what I do with my girls and really trying to put, you know, what I practice, you know, pr what I preach, you know, into practice. <clears throat> you know, people don't realize I have a son. Because on the show, I spoke about, I was married to someone else, my lovely husband, Jan Josephs. I raised my three stepchildren who we had full custody of. And then we had a son together, which a lot of people don't know, which I will talk about in my book. And know when I'm on the show, people are like, you don't have a mother. You talk about the two stepkids that don't talk to you. Well, <clears throat> my son happens to be extremely secure. Joe has two kids. So there's, there's six kids. I always say the most important thing is to, you know, make your kids feel very, very loved. Um, that makes up for a lot of fuck ups. <laughs> right. And then also, um, don't overshare with your children certain things because you want them to feel safe and don't be your kid's friend. Always, always be the parent. And I always say that to my mom, because listen, my mother, I would say I raised her, we raised each other. What me, I realized as an adult, what made me feel unsafe was knowing too much. It's great to feel like an insider when you're little, but there's certain things little kids should know. You let them be a child and, and make them feel safe and, and be protected. And I think that was what was important that I did with my son that, I, that was done differently than when I grew up. You, you know, let them stay innocent for a little, keep it real, but but still protected. They don't have to be in every adult conversation and things like that. And, and always make them feel like they could do anything they want to do. My son was the skinniest kid on the football team. He weighed 42 pounds, I think in like the fourth grade, he was, <laughs> but he wanted to play football. I made him feel like he, he was a superstar. And I was like, you go out there and encourage every dream they have. And I think that's the most important thing. And then they feel like they could do anything. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure too, him watching you, you know, uh, you know, build all the things you've built and yes. all the brands and everything. I'm sure that's inspiring for him as well. 
Yes, very, very inspiring. He's 24 already. It is very inspiring. And I did. And he always saw that I had my own identity. So I know he's going to pick a great wife. Oh, that's so, that's so amazing. Well, and I love it. You know, you said you not only of the loving, but also the way you would instill the encouragement in them and, and, you know, inspiration, motivation. Did, you know, did you guys, you know, as you raised him, did you feel like you did certain things to empower him? Like, were there certain practices you put in, you know, as a mother or certain things you did together that maybe like young mothers like myself, you know, would, would want to know, or you would want to share? Yeah, I feel like, well, I'm never a dream killer. I'll tell you that much. I mean, you know, maybe I made him a little delusional because I said <laughs> as a child, he was a pipsqueak. Now he's not, he's like a big strapping man, but we never knew that was going to happen because my ex-husband and I are not the tallest people. Um, and he's much bigger than we are, but I feel like we did a lot. I did work always. I always did work, Allie, and I know that you work, but whenever we were together, it was very quality time and whatever it was, I would do the special things he wanted to do, but I would always make him do the things I wanted to do. Be it, we'd go to the theater or I'd take him to lunch at Bergdorf's. I did very grown up things with him and not just kid things, but also grown up things that I found interesting. So now he finds interesting, which, which I think is, which is fun to do. So I always, I always did very diverse things. I didn't, I will tell you, I didn't do any electronics at the table either. Every time we did, I was like, you have to engage in conversation. And I, and, and that was important to me. And I, and I feel like that does make a difference. Oh yeah. Everyone says that about, you know, screen time and all that. I mean, I try to also, obviously, you know, to, with, you know, the pandemic and everything else, but I try to like have my phone set to the side when it comes to dinner time. I try to limit screen time as much as possible. If I do screen time with my toddler, it's like educational things. So she's like learning or exploring and being creative yes. versus just staring at a screen. Cause just think when we were, I mean, you're much younger than me, but I just think when I was young, I, we didn't have all those things. Yeah. And it's so important for children to be able to have a conversation and not be wrapped up in, in some game or TV show or, or whatever it is. And I, I get so sad when I go out to restaurants and I see little kids just, and I understand why you don't want them to misbehave. You want them occupied. It's boring for them to go out to dinner, but it's so much nicer if they could learn to like have a conversation, enjoy, you know, a meal out. not that they always have to go enjoy going to a museum you know, they have to be able to enjoy every type of thing and learn how to function in every situation. And I did that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I tell my husband the same thing. Like we just kind of submerge them in everything. And, you know, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, but it's like, at least they learn. Yeah, you try. And at least like, you know, they learn it and they understand it. And hopefully like the next time they do it, you know, they respond a little better to it. But I completely agree with you. It's like, look, everyone does their best, especially, you know, right, the world right now. But, you know, I feel the same with the screen. I really, I'm really intentional. And as much as it takes my time away from projects I might need to work on, like I spend more time in being intentional with like my toddler, Amelia, not being on the screen and giving her something to do. Even if that means I have to sit with her while she paints and does arts and crafts and I can't actually you know get on a call because she's gonna paint my floor you know so. yeah. I mean there's no bigger investment than your kids yeah so true that's, that's what I always say and it's funny because people are like you're not a mother you don't know I was just like that's one area in my life that I've kept very private because my children are all are, are private people and they're old they're all I mean they're old so that's the other thing right well, yeah, I mean, and you said, so you said you wrote about your son in your book. So tell us a little bit about your book, because I know yeah, that it's, it's coming out soon, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, all the names are changed though. All the names of my kids are changed. Um, Yes, I I wrote about my entire life growing up with my mother um, and every chapter has a life lesson of what I learned at that part of my life and and, and a takeaway. And it's really about, you know, because I always say is like, I don't feel like there's any failures. I feel when I was in the garment center, there was a lot of sexual harassment how I dealt with it. There was no me too moment at, at that time um, or mo- movement, unfortunately. And, and all the different things that had gone on in business. I said, I probably, I made a ton of money. I've lost even more money. I probably owe my lawyer more than I owe the mortgage on my house and just everything that I've been through. And it was very therapeutic writing it. It was cathartic. There were stories I remembered that I totally forgot had even happened to me. And I've had a wild, bumpy ride. I don't regret any of it. I wish some things hadn't happened to me, but I've learned from them and it, it shaped me into the person I am. So I hope, you know, people find it inspiring, realize that they could do anything, they could overcome anything and and helps them move it forward and, and just to have a happy life. Like where you start doesn't necessarily mean where you're going. I and love also, that. I love I, that. I hope my kids, you know, I think some of them, you know, I think they'll be a little oversharing in the book, but at this point, they're all adults. So it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, no. Well, but I love that. Like you said, there's a lesson after each chapter. Now, when did you start writing this book? Was it during the pandemic? It was during the pandemic and during filming. So it was a short window because my uh, publisher gallery books from uh, the division of Simon Schuster, we had a short window and we filmed it as I was writing it. Um, I had, uh, a co, um, someone who was helping me write it, Emily Liebert, but it was, it was rough. It was emotional and we didn't have a long time to write it. So it was stressful. A lot of crying nights up till two in the morning, a lot of re-edits and stuff like that, but it was good. It it felt good doing it. It's, it's in my voice. It's always with a snarky sense of humor. So it's good. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Well, I think that's also what I love about you too, is like, you know, you're super real, but you also have like such a sass about you that like, you just can't help but love, at least for me. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yes. I mean, you get me, Allie. Thank God. Uh, Not everybody gets me. Some people don't get my sense of humor, my sarcasm. I feel like I'm someone who could laugh at a lot of situations and laughter and humor is a way to deal with pain or upset or to lighten a mood. And I think I've learned to do that across my life. And, and laughter is the, I don't, is the best medicine. I think people have gotten a little too serious. We've lost the fun. I think there's great things that we address and there's horrible things going on, but people have to lighten up a little. I totally agree with you. And, and you're right. It's like laughter. I mean, they always say laughter is the best medicine. It's like, yes. it's true. It's like, just, just laugh. I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful. Like my husband, he, as much as like, he can be really like sarcastic and obnoxious, like he loves to laugh and he loves to constantly make me laugh and just like go at me. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, stop. But I'm like, no, I'm so grateful that he does that. Cause it constantly like breaks me out of like the seriousness, you know? Yeah. Which is so good. That's what you need. That's the kind of part you partner you need in life that that could keep you laughing yeah it, I mean it's so true I mean so I know you have the book coming out and then of course you've been filming how has it been I mean I know you can't tell too much but how has it been filming being like that we you know are in a pandemic and everything has been going on like what has it been like to film when you normally film for the other seasons to like now you know I was very concerned about it it was during the summer into the fall NBC Bravo, our production company, Sirens, <coughs> which is a division of ITV, kept us super safe. They had amazing guidelines. 
Um, and they just, you know, is testing and, and just right. They were great. To be honest, it wasn't, everybody took it very seriously from the cast to the crew, to the network. Everybody was worried about each other's health and, and the jobs. And none of us came down with it. We were the safest uh, franchise. We were very lucky. Of course, I got it after the fact and so did some of <laughs> the castmates, but we were all safe and healthy. And it wasn't as bad because we, we all stuck by the precautions. So it, was, it wasn't that rough actually to film during that. It was, they did a great job. Oh, that's good. I didn't know. So you had, you had it after filming. Yeah, I had it right at Christmas. Oh, okay. So, I mean, if you don't, do you mind sharing okay. like how it was? No, I don't mind sharing it at all. It was, I think it is so crazy. Cause I said during filming, we were all together. We were, you know, a big crew, everything else. No one got it. Everybody was great, but we were outside a lot, I guess, because I was staying in, I was being pretty cautious. I kind of felt like I had a bubble of the people I was with. I ate at a restaurant in a tent, but I guess the tent's enclosed. Uh, I feel, I heard uh, the waiters came down with COVID after that, but it was cold out. It was freezing my ass off. It was <laughs> and <clears throat> we came down with COVID right after that. My girlfriend, her husband, myself, my husband, Lexi, who works for me, my mother, because we were all together right after that. You know, my immediate pod, my housekeeper, my mother, who's 73, 74, totally fine. Not so bad, not so rough. My housekeeper, she's not young. Marlene, not so bad. Lexi, sick for a few days. Joe and myself, 17 days. Wow. And we didn't start feeling really sick till like day six. I was like, this isn't as rough. Day six, we were happy. We just felt totally awful. Joe had 104.5 fever. He had to go to the hospital because his fever was so high. They gave him uh, antibody therapy. And I just was like general malaise, coughing. I still like have like a little tickle. It was it never hit both of our chests, but we just had like every stupid symptom. He right. lost smell. I lost taste and um, taste and smell only for like four days. I did everything to get it back. I'm telling people to get your smell back. Smell coffee beans three times a day and eucalyptus three times a day. I'm convinced that's what got my smell back. Wow, I'll tell my girlfriend because she hasn't had her smell since like July. Oh, that's terrible. I got it back in like four days and, and Joe wasn't listening to me. He hasn't gotten his, but did she lose her taste as well? Yeah. Does she have her taste back? Yes. Does not smell. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with Joe, but now I got him on the eucalyptus and coffee beans. Immediately I started that. I would smell it constantly and you could smell eucalyptus and coffee beans, but I think it got it back. Wow. So, I mean, so, you know, what did you guys do? I mean, obviously we're quarantined and all that, but like, what did you guys, did you guys do anything as far as like natural remedies to help or did you just rest? Like, was there anything that you felt besides the things you did for smell that helped? No, we did the vitamins, zinc, D3, um, what else? Vitamin C, D, zinc. What else do we do? Baby aspirin every day. Cause they don't want you to clot. We did every, all of those things that they tell you to do, all the natural things. And that was basically, and then I was like taking Dayquil during the day, NyQuil at night. You just, you just feel shitty. Basically, you just feel shitty. It's the worst type of flu you would ever get. Some people don't have it bad. Like my mother didn't have it that bad. Yeah, she's that older. Bad. That's amazing that she was fine. Yeah, like you just feel tired. Like even now I feel a little tired. Like I, I don't have the energy. It, it hits you. Yeah. I've heard that from everybody. You just feel tired. It just like wipes you. 
yes, it just wipes you out. But I'm just, I'm happy we got through it. And I, I, I encourage people to wear their mask and get the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you have the antibodies now, right? Yes, I have antibodies. I'm so happy. <laughs> right. so, so yeah so I feel like some people feel like you know they just want to get it just so that they can kind of have it and have the antibodies and and move past because you know I mean also too like I've spoken to you know different people who you know some people are for the vaccines people aren't and you know I've spoken to some people who are like well you can still get it with the vaccine there's no you know there's no exact you know um uh, guarantees when it comes to if you get it that you're not going to possibly give it to someone else because it can like shed I guess potentially so I feel like there's just um there's a lot obviously we don't know and so for you like hey you've got the antibodies so yes, I'm happy and I can't well a they're not giving the vaccine to my age group but I can't even get the vaccine now if I want to because you have to wait minimum 90 days after you have COVID oh okay and that's what that's what this story is but I do feel like the more people who do get the vaccine or the people, oh, excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. I don't know. I can. I can. Ooh, thank you. Um, I do feel it will, if you still get it and you had the vaccine, it will lessen the symptoms. Yeah, maybe, I guess, depending on how strong you're going to get it in the first place. Like you said, like some people in your, you know, yeah, your, listen, your Joe's one of Joe's employees, who's one of his closest friends, young guy in his forties. It got, I think when it gets into your chest, he was in the hospital six days. I was a nervous wreck. I mean, thank God they didn't have to put him on a ventilator, but it, you know, it's pre-existing condition. It just affects everybody differently. And that's what the scary thing is. For sure. Yeah. It's all, it's all different. Well, I'm glad you guys all got through it. And it seems like Thanks. you did all the, all the right things uh, for it. I've heard that from everyone, everyone that's had like a milder experience or taking care of it better has been like what you described of all the different, you know, natural and holistic ways yes. to handle the body. So that's and you know. sleep on your side. You have to sleep on your side. You don't want to like any fluid to pull into your chest. They always say sleep on your side or your stomach. That's what they do. Mm, okay. That's what the doctor said sleep on your side and then also take all the different holistic uh, yes. vitamins and everything to, to help yes. it. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, so you, you know, so the book's coming out, we look for that, that you have all these amazing. It's on pre-order now, shameless plug, pre-order now. Um, it's everywhere. It's at Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble, everywhere. If we just, um, if, on my website, you could click any link, indie books, it's, it's everywhere. Okay. Amazing. So I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes guys. So you can find it and pre-order it. And then, so what could you share? Like, since you said, you know, you did do filming, you know, summer into the fall, is there anything you can tease for us? Anything we can look forward to from you or the show in general, because it is going to be airing soon this month, right? In February. Yes. It's going to be airing. You could see from the trailer, if everyone's seen the trailer, it's deep emotion. Everybody's relationship, I guess, coming out of COVID it's really about everybody's personal relationships as couples. It's, it's pretty deep, pretty intense. Everybody's going through something and I, it highlights that. So it's, it's very authentic and very emotional with everybody and everybody gets in everybody's business. So I think it's, it's pretty real raw, a lot of crying, but a lot of, a lot of good times. And I think everybody said from the, from what I heard from the bloggers and everybody else, they watched the first episode, they think it's magnificent and, and it's intense. And you would think coming out of a pandemic, the Jersey girls would just like be quiet and die down. But I think it just intensified everybody's emotion. 
And I, and I also think, like I said, being in a pandemic makes everybody reevaluate what they really want out of life. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with you. And I feel like in my opinion, you know, it's such a blessing that there is this reevaluation because like how you said of like the red carpets, the bags of this, the that it's like, I've been guilty of that too. Like we've all been like, oh, this material, that material. And then it's like, when that all goes away, it's like, what's really important. Exactly. And when that all goes away, what, what are you standing holding? Right. So, I mean, so true. Well, and so, you know, how have you, Margaret, cause like, you know, again, you, you keep a very good mindset overall, I would say, like, how have you continued to keep a positive mindset and be overall productive during this time? What would be some tips you would maybe share for those listening that things that they could take away and do? I think the most uh, important thing, listen, the first month of the pandemic, I'm like, I'm eating myself to oblivion. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to eat like a maniac. No one's going to see me. I'm going to cook. I think the most important thing during pandemic, because use the time wisely. When else are we going to be able to be home, even if you're working from home, to learn something new? Take an online class. I love master class. Uh, do something different. I think that's work on your mental health. Read, meditate, work out. This, we're not, God willing, we're not going to have this time again. So, so use it as an important thing. Catch up with people you haven't spoken to. Just use, because you have the time. Everyone's home. Right. You can call anybody you haven't spoken to. Make amends with people you meant to make amends with. Write a letter. Keep a journal. Um, if you want to change careers, research what you want to do next. I just think it's such a great time to just do anything you've thought about doing, now's the time to do it. Yes, I love that. I so agree with you. It's like, it, there's right? so much reinvention on my end of myself and I'm like, wow. And I've like sat with myself and been like, wow, I didn't work on this and this has been sitting for like six months and you don't realize because you're just like on this like, you know, autopilot all of us. And then the all of a sudden- hamster wheel, The hamster wheel. Yes, exactly. And then it's like, everything stops and you're like, oh, what? I, ha I have so much I haven't touched. I haven't done. And so, yeah, I love that you said that because I've been like journaling and meditating daily and doing breath work. And like, I just found so many different tools for like my inner happiness, my inner peace. And it's been, it, it has been honestly like such a blessing for me. Exactly. And for people who are stuck home alone, you know what? Be on the phone, FaceTime, Zoom, do all of those things. Learn something different. I, I just think it's it's so important. Now is the time to be, you could be selfish and do things for yourself because you are stuck home. And, and people who are stuck home with their kids, like yourself, Allie, I know, it, I know it's hard because those are the people I feel bad for. And if there's any of your friends that you could share time with, like, you know, childcare time that like, if you have a little pod or someone you know who doesn't have COVID or is tested, or, you, you know, you could share um, time having your kids watch that's a good tip yeah no it's true I mean and you're right it's like what, whatever you do whatever you choose of your level of wanting to do things it's like it's important still to interact and and be have conversations and be talking and mingling and interacting however much you can because you know we are social creatures I mean we're not yes. people who who are some you know most of us are not people who like to be alone all the time so you're right it's so true and it's it's so important. I love that you have also found so much of that time with your family and become so intentional in that. Yes. Oh my God. I think this, this would never happen again. I mean, my kids live all over the country that they were, some were able to come home and stay with us and work from here. I felt so, I felt so blessed. I mean, I'm not going to say we didn't get on each other's nerves sometimes. There were <laughs> screaming and I was too loud and this, that, 
but it, it was, it was such an amazing time. And, and I know it's not going to ever happen. God willing, it doesn't happen again like this, a pandemic, but I was so grateful. I got to drive one back to, um, set in the South where he lives. I don't want to say just in case, you know, of someone, course, of course, but you know, we took a road trip and, it, <laughs> and I drove him back and we, and with the convertible, we sang music, you know, that's not happening again. And, and I, I cherish those moments. And I think people, you know, could do that. And it's great. It's, it's, it was just really great. That sounds like so much fun. I love that. That's so awesome. Well, I, I, I just think that, you know, such a great message for anyone listening that like, you know, do the things that you maybe want to do that you don't think you'll ever, you know, have the time to do again, because it's so true. It's like, you know, we, we probably never will get this type of time back. And I tell everyone that like, it truly is a gift for as much as it can be hard and heavy. And I know there's a lot of different people and hardships, but there really is so many silver linings to this time right now. There is so good. So good. I know that's the way you just got to look at everything. I mean, you get lemons, you make lemonade. That's right. Amen. I love that. Well, Margaret, I appreciate you sharing, you know, everything that's going on with you. Is there anything else you'd want to leave us with before I let you go? And of course, um, you know, I'll have you plug yourself and all that good stuff. No, I mean, I think we, I think we covered everything. I just want everybody, you know, to stay strong. We're going to get through this and I love speaking to you. And the most important thing is worry about your mental health and be confident in yourself and everything else falls into place. I promise. I love that. Tell us where we can find you and follow you. Oh, you guys could all follow me on Instagram at the real Margaret Josephs and on Twitter, Margaret Josephs. My book is caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. And my website's margaretjosephs.com. Very easy. Amazing. And guys, again, it'll all be in the show notes, Margaret. Thank you so much. And like she said, guys, you know, take care of your mental health, your happiness, who you are and be strong. Cheers. Thanks, Margaret. Cheers, Thank you so, so much. This was so great. Thank you. Have fun. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, tune in weekly for new episodes, and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired.